You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's drive time now. Welcome to Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network. Tribe Talk is brought to you by Progressive, helping Indians fans save hundreds on car insurance. Welcome to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse along with you this weekend from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland where the Indians are wrapping up a homestand with the final of three teams coming in, the Tampa Bay Rays here for games on Saturday afternoon and Sunday afternoon before the Indians head back out on the road. And it hasn't been the easiest homestand for the Indians after taking three out of four from Baltimore. They were swept three straight by Oakland and then... They have split the first two games of this series with Tampa Bay, winning a thriller last night by a final score of 3-1. to one. Well, Shane Bieber has been the story on this homestand. He didn't get the win last night, but certainly pitched well enough to keep the team in the game through five innings. But his performance on Sunday was nothing short of spectacular when he pitched his first shutout in the major leagues, striking out 15 and walking none. Nothing into the count on Chris Davis. The pitch. Check swing. Did he go? Yes, he did. Third curveball in the dirt. Perez picks it up. No need to tag Davis out. He walks away. Ball game. A career first complete game. A career first shutout. A career best. 15 strikeouts. And Shane Bieber dominates the Baltimore Orioles with a five-hit shutout. And the Indians wallop the birds 10 to nothing. Joined by Shane Bieber, who threw a beauty yesterday. A shutout with 15 strikeouts and no walks. And uh, Shane, you've had a little time to reflect on that. And, boy, one of the, the better outings we've seen in a while. And then what's your take when, when you have some time to look back on it, on how things went yesterday? Yeah, it was a, it was a special day for me. Um, I didn't really know of all that kind of history and, and what's come before me, and it's nice to be able to read up on all that and, and obviously in some pretty good company. So I feel pretty pretty honored and, and special to be, you know, a part of that group. But um, just reflecting on yesterday, it was, a, it was a, a really good day, a career day for me, and I'll, it's something I'll hold close to me for a little while mentioned a history and I know not all players follow it as close as others but uh, when you hear the names of Louis Tion and, and Sam McDowell much closer to home Corey Kluber mm-hmm. uh, in that stratosphere of, of the 15 plus strikeouts uh, was that kind of fun looking back on that or at least hearing about it yeah absolutely um, like I said that wasn't really something I expected and I didn't really uh, know what was going on while it was happening so to come off the off the mountain and kind of hear that and um, let it sink in a little bit later it was pretty special, but uh, 
you know, obviously that's a that's a great group to be a part of, and I'm honored. So much of this game is about adjustments, and we, we kind of touched on it after the game yesterday, but uh, you're coming off a game where you allow the four home runs, and sometimes reasons why it, it covers the gamut, but what did you take from that outing that, that maybe had a positive impact on yesterday? I just think I executed a little bit better yesterday. I think uh, I made less mistakes, and then... Uh, you know, fortunately, the way the ball bounces sometimes in this game, when I did make mistakes yesterday, um, you know, either they didn't get hit or we made some pretty good plays behind me. So, oh, a lot to the defense and the offense getting ahead and in front of me early and allowed me to settle into, a, you know, a comfortable rhythm um, early on in the game. But just making a little bit less mistakes and and trying to uh, execute pitches, and I feel like I executed a lot of, a lot better pitches yesterday. Game planning always a big part of it, and I don't know the exact number, but it seemed like a lot of fastballs were called third strikes on the Orioles. Was that something that, that you had noticed and, and were trying to attack and take advantage of when you got two strikes? You know, I wouldn't say that was um, you know, like part of the game plan going into it, but uh, just reading swings and Berto and I were on the same page and he called a tremendous game yesterday and just having trust in him and what he's seeing and what I'm seeing and working together and kind of using that and then uh, you know going off of that and, and, and making adjustments in game was, was big for us yesterday, but uh, yeah, it just so happens they took a a, f a few called third strikes uh, on fastballs, and then was able to get him chasing on a few other ones. So, um, all in all, it was a pretty good, pretty good outing. Did you have to shake him off at all? Because it seemed like you were in a really good rhythm. Yeah, we were moving quick. I, I we were talking about. I just saw him in there, and we were talking about how many times I shook him off, and it was. It had to be like five or less. So, um, you know, pretty pretty tremendous way to go about it, and we we're we we're definitely on the same page yesterday. A complete game shutout with the the 15 strikeouts yesterday. Complete game. You come off after the eighth inning, you're right close to 100 pitches. And uh, explain what was going on in the dugout and how important it was to you to, to be able to have that opportunity to go out for the night. Um, yeah, I could read Tito's body language coming down the steps. He was ready to let me go. Um, and then Carl wanted to have a conversation. Um, and I, <laughs> he called my name, and I kind of walked right past him. And uh, he caught up to me at the, the other end of the dugout and said, how much does it mean to you? And I said, a lot. And that was pretty much the end of the conversation. Um, he walked away and fortunately was able to go out there and, and get the next three guys. Um, I, don't, I don't know what their plan was, if they were going to give me a base runner or whatever it may have been, but um, you know, fortunately it, it shook out the way it did. And you've had some, some higher pitch count games this year, and I, I know you mentioned during spring training the, some of the things you did this offseason to, to take your game to that next level. And Is that coming into play now as, as you get deeper into the season? Yeah, I, I think the biggest thing for me was in this offseason was uh, – really just refining my secondary stuff especially the change up and didn't use that as much yesterday as I have in the last uh last month or so but I feel like I used it enough and made guys aware of it enough that uh you know they're still thinking about it and I was able to execute my other pitches um where I needed to but uh really just trying to come out there with with four strike four pitches in the zone and and being able to work off of that was big yesterday uh, we started talking about history and some of the, the great names of the past and uh, the one who's here, still here, Corey Kluber, had the 18-strikeout game. Did you guys talk av much after the game yesterday? Uh, just a little bit. He said congrats, enjoy it, and, and soak it in. And, and that was kind of the extent of it because there was so much going on yesterday, um, you know, for everybody. But uh, looking back, I, I actually watched his 18-strikeout highlight probably like a month ago, and that was just ridiculous. That was the first time I went back and, and watched that. I remember when it happened. Um, you know, a few years ago, but went back and watched the highlights, and that was a ridiculous performance. So, just to be able be able to even be mentioned in that same kind of category or sentence is, is really cool. Yeah, it was a special day yesterday for sure. Shane, thanks for coming by. Appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks for having me.
That's Shane Bieber. No one better than he was on Sunday. A shutout with 15 strikeouts and no walks. That's about as good as it gets. Stay tuned. When we return, we'll hear from Indians coach John McDonald. We'll fill you in on that when we return after this on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Sports View. Next topic. Is it really all about power? Makes me think of Progressive's Name Your Price tool. Gives you the power to find options based on your budget. Let's go to Chuck for an irrelevant analogy. Man, back in the day, people didn't ask how many oranges are in the crate. They just took the oranges. They didn't say, are there 6, 7, 12, 15, whatever. It was just oranges. You get me? We get you, Chuck. In a word, oranges. Give it to us straight with the Progressive Name Your Price tool. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. First ball swinging, Christian Guzman bangs it up the middle. Johnny Mac makes a sliding stop, gets up, throws out Guzman. What a play by John McDonald. When I was over here in 01 as a special assistant, we were in spring training, and I told Mark Shapiro, I said, Mark, I don't think you're going to want to hear this. I said, but I don't think that's your best defensive shortstop. I was talking about Omar. Really? And he looked at me like I had four heads, and I said, that kid McDonald, because he was young, and, you know, I said he's as good as anybody I've seen with you know with, with the gloves. So to, for us to have him around our organization for a couple reasons, not just for the defensive because he's was as good as anybody, but the kind of person he is. I mean, shoot, he just, he's as quality as you get. Welcome back to Tribe Talk, Jim Rosenhouse, along with you this weekend from Progressive Field, downtown Cleveland. Great to have you with us, and great to visit with John McDonald. Always fun to, to talk baseball with Johnny Mack when he fills in on the radio broadcast on occasion. He's currently the defensive coordinator in the upper levels of the Indians minor league system, and earlier this week filled in Tuesday night for Sandy Alomar Jr. as the first base coach for the Tribe. And uh, after that was all said and done, we had a chance to visit with Johnny Mack and ask him how things went coaching first base in the big leagues for the first time. I think the, the going through the process of preparing to know the, uh, uh, the, the Oakland pitchers, the relievers, uh, having an idea of what our base runners like when they get out on first base. Sandy sat with me um, two days ago and went through the whole process of how he prepares for a game. So I think that I mean, being out on the field was great, and, and working with our players is always enjoyable, being around them and the staff. But getting to learn a little bit about what Sandy does to prepare on a daily basis was is probably the highlight so far for me. I think people see third base coaches with a lot of responsibility, whether to send or hold a runner going home, all the signs, things like that. And sometimes first base coaches get lost in that shuffle. But is there more to it than meets the eye? Well, it's trying to you know figure out when when you might have the ability to run, what um, what pitchers have good moves at first base, just how you can help your the runners at first base gain an edge. If, if you're not Anyway, I, I think it, it doesn't get seen, but players that do a really good job getting their getting a primary lead and a secondary lead, and they're they're anticipating outfield arms, which outfielder can throw well on balls out at them, which ball which which guys struggle when they have to move to their left or their right, and knowing when you can take an extra base and um, relaying that information, reminding the players in real time about those things, so it's fresh in their minds so when the ball gets hit, they can make an informed decision. I mean, it. It wins ball games you know, during the course of a season, and I know Sandy has an impact winning ball games on the bases during the course of a season. All of that very important for sure. Equally important to make sure you wear your helmet out there every time. And uh, you had a pretty good percentage the other night, right? Yeah, I was eight for nine. It was, it was good. 
I was a little, little disappointed in myself, but I think it worked out good. Just a little bit more time running back in front of the umpire, and I had to run back and um, grab it, come back, and you know, just know that I'm, I'm not perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Key point in the game, ninth yeah. inning, but that's okay. Yeah. And uh, you know, it, it, no one would have even noticed. I, yeah. I think, if, but uh, you look at. at coming up here and, and getting a look at the major league team and I know so much of your time is spent with the minor league kids how important is it for you from the perspective standpoint to check in here every once in a while I think it's good to watch and see how um, you know how our players are how they're working how you know, the things that Sarbies talks to our major league players about so we can pass that pass that down it's important that our that our minor league players know the level of work and preparation that goes on in the big leagues uh, is extremely important so they understand that it doesn't it doesn't stop getting in the big leagues doesn't mean that you're really good it means you've got to continue to work really hard to to get better at your craft and and find out ways to stay at the big leagues and when you're in a high a or double a you're thinking that you're starting to be a pretty good baseball player but you're nowhere near the baseball player you're going to be if you do reach the big leagues and and, and perform at a high level john mcdonald joining us the indians defensive coordinator at the upper levels and uh, that means you get to see a, a lot of good baseball in the minor league system. Can you pick out a, a name or two that, that we should keep on our radar that, that has maybe jumped out at you here early in the season, whether it be a, a surprise to you or, or someone who's really made some good strides? Sure. I got to watch Tyler Freeman the last uh, for, uh, for four days over the weekend in Lake County. And he's a low-A baseball player um, that does a lot of things well. And if you like watching good good baseball, a uh, player that's prepared and, and – uh, and thinks through the game, thinks through where he's on the field, uh, notices positioning, watches the hitters. He just pays attention and, uh, I don't want to say play, playing good baseball is kind of a, a broad turn, but the way he thinks about the game and his level of preparedness is is high for uh, a low-A baseball player. So getting to watch him was, was a lot of fun. We've got good baseball players sprinkled throughout our organization. Uh, Oscar Gonzalez in Lynchburg is having a is having a pretty good year. He's an up and coming outfielder that can swing the bat and, and guys that can do both and run the bases and um, are, are players that we want to continue to see uh, grow and, and mature through our organization. It's been more than 20 years since you were in the minor leagues and then trying to make your way to the major leagues. And obviously you were on the radar. Some of the, the great defensive plays you made on your way up. Uh, what do you see now, though, in terms of maybe changes to, to how players are developed and uh, some of the things they have available to them to get better and try and get to the major leagues? Yeah, I just think we're seeing um, more resources, um, better nutrition, better, uh, better information on, I mean, our, our hitters have technology that gives them real-time feedback. We're trying to, trying to figure out ways to get that for our, our defenders. Um, catchers, there's there's post game reports for catchers that that allow them to see exactly what it is that they can improve pitch to pitch over the course of a game, which is awesome to see. I think our players are enjoying um, having the the technology, and as our coaches you know, work through the best ways to get that information and video to our players, so they can better understand how to become a better baseball player. Uh, and we're all we're all improving, and and the the fact that the Indians take. Uh, take the time to uh, teach us how to, you know, you know, we're being coached on how to coach players, even though we are, we're hired as coaches. So there's there's an emphasis on on coaches getting better to be able to coach our players better, and the information and technology that they give us as a as a tool to do that is going to continue to grow. I, I don't see that stopping anytime soon. We'll close with this: uh, if you're a shortstop, 
in the Indians farm system, there's a pretty good shortstop at the major league level right now in Francisco Lindor, one of the best. When you were coming up, Omar Vizquel was the shortstop here, and I know you talked about this with Hammy the other day. Uh, some might see that as being blocked, and maybe that's the case now for some of the, the younger players, but you looked at it differently. How do you look at it, and, and do you try and pass that along to some of the younger shortstops in the system now? Sure. I, I do try to pass my experiences on, and, you know, I, not only Omar, Ravi Alomar was there, and, and when I was in um, A-ball, if you're some of the names, Enrique Wilson was uh, having a MVP season, was MVP of the Eastern League as a, as a shortstop, switch hitting shortstop, and um, Damian Jackson was a AAA shortstop who's uh, ended up having a, a fine major league career, but you can't prepare for those things. It's about your daily preparation, the things that you can learn from being around the best players. And I want our infielders to be around Lindor and Ramirez and Kipnis, learning how to become better base runners, defenders, learning how to be, become better hitters. When you can embrace not what might not happen about, hey, this, what's going to happen is I'm going to prepare myself. I'm going to become one heck of a baseball player. And if there's an opportunity for me to play in Cleveland, that's awesome. But the system is set up that if you continue to play good baseball, there's going to be a place for you to play. Sean Casey didn't anticipate getting traded right before opening day to the Reds. And, and that's, a, that's, a, that's an awesome thing. I didn't really think that Damian Jackson and Enrique Wilson would both be traded in the years that they were to give me an opportunity to spend three full years with the Indians and, and back, up, um, back up Omar. It's just you know a, a, a special thing to be able to work with players that – uh, are the best at what they do that they make you better so you can always look at it like I wish I I wish I played more early in my career but the value of what I was able to learn helped me sustain a longer career great perspective Johnny Mack always great to see you thank you my pleasure thanks Rosie that's John McDonald always fun to catch up with him and we'll see Johnny Mack down the road I'm sure at some point this season Stay tuned. More to come as we continue from Progressive Field after this break on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland where the Indians are taking on the Tampa Bay Rays this weekend. 4-10 Saturday, 1-10 Sunday to wrap up the homestand. Well, Oscar Mercado certainly has been a player to follow for the Indians. He's just up from the minor leagues about 10 days into his major league career. He's gotten those firsts out of the way, the, the first base hit, the first RBI, things like that. And uh, he's a player that the Indians are very high on, an athletic outfielder who we had a chance to visit with earlier this week, and he says, so far so good at the major league level. It's going well. I'm enjoying it, having the time of my life, getting to share it with all these guys, and it's awesome. You know, we've been able to put some uh, some ball games together and win some games, and uh, that's just kind of the main goal, and as long as we're doing that, then I think everyone's going to be having a good time. Anything surprise you at all in, in this first week that maybe you weren't expecting or weren't thinking of? Um, just the, wel the welcoming, you know, by everyone. It's been, it's been awesome. It's been nice to know that, you know, guys, guys love to have you here and stuff like that. So I think that's something that I appreciate, and they've done a good job of uh, helping me feel at home. 
Last night, a, a real good at-bat where you drove in a run with two outs, a uh, single up the middle. Uh, how different are the at-bats a week in as opposed to, say, your first game where it looked like you were pretty anxious to, to make some contact? Yeah, I mean, it's different. you got to realize that they're not going to make many mistakes up here, and you just you got to be patient and wait for your pitch. You can't swing at the pitches they want you to. And that first day, I was just out there and no pros, completely forgot about everything that I do, just trying to swing and trying to create things instead of just kind of doing, sticking to what I always do and just letting them happen. Oscar, you look at uh, your off season seemed like such a key to setting the table for, for what was to come and, and to get you where you are now. And I Explain what you did and why it was so important to, to maybe make some adjustments to what you had been doing to make that next step. As a player, you always want to take that next step. And, you know, sitting down with, with a lot of the coaches and sitting down with, you know, people I trust, it's like, all right, you, you, you want to be able to elevate your game to the next level so when you, when you get the chance, it's going to play up there. So I decided that, you know, I could have, could have sat back on my heels and just been like, no, what I'm doing now is working. But you know, I decided to give it a shot and really work on some some adjustments at the plate. And uh, I'm thankful that I did that. I think it, had, it has helped me out a lot. And I'm glad that um, everyone has been so uh, so supportive of it. And you opened some eyes in spring training. At what point in the spring did, did you feel, hey, that, you know, all these adjustments I made, uh, they're really working and, and you felt pretty good about where you were? You know, just at bat after at bat, I started to feel more comfortable, which is the biggest thing. You want to be able to make adjustments, but you want to be able to feel comfortable at the plate with them. You don't want to, you don't want to go up to the plate and be uncomfortable, because at the end of the day, that's not, it's not, it's not something that's going to work for you. So, I started feeling more comfortable and more comfortable. I started noticing, you know, my ability to, you know, hit better pitches and cover more of the zone, and then that's when I started to realize that it was. It was an adjustment that uh, was really working for me. And at different points in time, it seemed like maybe there was a chance you'd make the team for opening day. In hindsight, how beneficial was the time at AAA for you at the start of the season? Oh, I think, you know, it helped me out a lot. Helped me understand some of the mistakes that I make. And, uh, you know, the coaching staff down there, they're awesome. And they, uh, they do a good job of letting you know certain situations and you know what they thought I could have done differently and stuff it's you know they they it's a very learning learning environment it's uh I think it's good for everyone down there so I uh I just took it with you know an open mind and I, I was just trying to become a better player down there sometimes this game can change so fast do you ever think back to this time a year ago where you were to, to where you are now and, and wonder my goodness the changes that have happened oh of course you look back and you're like you know I was to go back a year ago and I would have never thought you know I'd be playing for the Cleveland Indians but you know everything happens for a reason and I'm glad that it did and you know it has made me a better player and it's surrounded me with a great group of people and I'm thankful for that and in closing, you got some firsts out of the way this weekend. Your family was here. What did that mean to you to, to have them here to see some good stuff? It was amazing. You know, they put in equally as much work as I did. You know, they work hard to kind of give us the best, like, way of life. And it was just awesome to see that, you know, it wasn't only a special moment for me, but it was a special moment for them that I know they enjoyed as much as I did. And that's something that made me really happy. All right, Oscar. Thanks a lot for the time. Appreciate it. All right. Thank you. That's the very personable Oscar Mercado.
talking about life in the major leagues so far. Stay tuned. More to come as we'll wrap up Tribe Talk after this timeout on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Gabriel Enoa is spelled Y-N-O-A. The pitch swung on line drive, base hit to left near the line. It'll get down and go to the wall. Mercado gets his first major league RBI, a stand-up double down the left field line, scoring Martin from second. So mom and dad are back in Tampa. They saw the first major league hit yesterday, and now their son has his first major league RBI. It's his second double, and the Indians have a 6-0 lead. Swung on, ground ball, left side, base hit left field. Racing around third is Mercado. He will score without a throw. And Lindor knocks in the tribe run. It's now 3-1 Indians. I mean, Mercado is fun to watch because he can absolutely fly. Progressive presents Get Pumped. Inspiration to help you do insurance stuff. Okay, timeout. You're going to let your budget be the boss of you? Take control with Progressive's Name Your Price tool. Tell us what you want to pay for car insurance, and we'll help you find options that fit your budget. Here's some music to get you pumped. I hear your budget laughing at you. Oh, wait, that's just those kids laughing at me. Ignore them! Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. We are joined now by the Indians Senior Director of Communications, Curtis Danberg. And uh, this guy has been at the forefront of so many of the activities coming to Cleveland for the All-Star Game this July. And, uh, Curtis, everyone knows about the game itself, the home run derby, obviously marquee attractions. But I think something that fans will really enjoy, especially families, is this play ball park. And explain, first off, how long this takes place and how it encompasses much more than just that Monday, Tuesday of the All-Star Game. Yeah, mark your calendars July 5th through the 9th. So we're 41 days away from opening Playball Park on that Friday, July 5th at 10 a.m. So uh, we want to make sure that fans in the region know uh, to come to Cleveland. Extend your holiday uh, week uh, festivities and, and come to Cleveland and be a part of it. So there's so many more things going on besides just the events at Progressive Field. And Playball Park is really the cornerstone of those activities MLB's unveiling its brand new baseball interactive festival. So free and open the public outdoor will feature live music and food trucks and baseball and softball fields. Inside uh, the Huntington Convention Center will be paid admission where you get a chance to meet legends and do a virtual reality home run derby. But it really it's a, an event for kids of all ages uh, and families of all ages to really uh, enjoy great value. $20 is the ticket price to get in the Huntington Convention Center uh, for the interior portion of Playball Park. And like I said, free and open to the public uh, for the outside, outside activities. Uh, phenomenal fam family-friendly activity. 50-plus attractions. So what are we talking about here? You, you touched on a little bit baseball, softball, diamonds, things like that. Uh, some other things that, that fans are going to want to be down here for. I mean, really, you have an experience pass. You can get, download an app, and uh, you get points for visiting different things and the different attractions. Uh, but really, spend a, you can spend all day there. Um, there's going to be so many activities. And, you know, people, whether you're a, a hardcore baseball fan, 
uh, or just a casual baseball fan, just the people watching and the, the vibe that's going to be in downtown Cleveland. With We're going to be in the world stage for five days, and uh, you're going to see upwards of over 100,000 people visiting Playball Park during that stretch. And I know that obviously the the autograph lines and things like that, and there's a, a paid component to that. But just looking at the schedule for some of the Hall of Famers and stars, former Indians, people who are going to be part of this, former players, uh, it sounds like from early in the morning till the, till the evening hours, they'll be, they'll be floating around a little bit during this. Yeah, all day long. And the coolest thing about it is you can actually reserve once you get the app. You can reserve when you might want to see a certain player. Uh, so you can almost reserve your spot in line so you're not sitting there all day long for three hours. You can say, hey, I want to try to get in Jim Tomey's line um, and a certain day, then you can try to do that. We're going to have Indians alums. As you mentioned, we're going to have MLB baseball alums. You know, Names like Andre Dawson and Raleigh Fingers uh, come to mind. Johnny Bench, um, just a potpourri of baseball legends in one place. And uh, some favorites, too, uh, for Indians fans like Carlos Baerga, Thunder Thornton, um, Travis Hafner will be here. Mike Napoli's coming back. So you really run the gamut, it sounds like. Yeah, Victor Martinez, too. We want to go back. Sam McDowell, uh, going way back in the uh, way back machine, but also current guys. Uh, you know, having Mike Napoli so integral to the success in 2016, he's excited to come back as well. And, and just in case some folks missed it, um, not that you glossed over it quickly, but I think a lot of folks think, oh, it's the all-star game, the home run derby. So how am I going to be able to afford that? Or are tickets even available, that type of thing? But this is a way they can come down for, for a pretty good price. Yeah, go to allstargame.com, and you can purchase tickets for Playball Park right now. We also have limited tickets now available for All-Star Sunday, and that includes Celebrity Softball, the Futures Game, and Rock and Blast. So great opportunity to, if you want to get a taste of the action and the activities here at Progressive Field, that could be your best chance. Should be quite a week. I was going to say weekend, but quite a week. Quite a week. Off. Yeah, buckle up and uh, $65 million of economic impact is what we're projecting. Tremendous. Thanks, Curtis. Thank you. Go Tribe. That's Curtis Danberg, the Indian Senior Director of Communications, talking about some of the great stuff coming up on All-Star Week here in Cleveland. We finish with our weekly visit with James Harris, the Indians Director of Player Development, our farm report talking single-A Lynchburg this week, and we begin on the mound with some thoughts on Giancarlos Mejia. JC, as we call him, is a, he's a big physical guy, as if you saw him in spring training. Um, he came out of spring training just a little bit banged up, but now he's back and healthy and attacking hitters and, and developing into that starter that we thought he was going to be. How about Juan Hillman? Uh, it's a name that... Uh, was a, a higher draft pick not too long ago, and, and I know uh, patience is always a key. How's he faring as, as he works his way up the ladder? So Juan is really maturing within our system. I mean, lefty, um, even his velo's coming up a little bit. He's learning how to take care of his body. He's a guy who's been in our system a, l- a little while, but now he's, he's slowly progressed through Lake County and now Lynchburg, and he's, he's start, starting to become a dependable starty, starter as a lefty for us. And another guy in the rotation down there at, at Lynchburg is Justin Garza. And, and when you see his name, what, what comes to mind right away? I mean, it's, it's, he's dependable. He's one of those mature college guys that came into our system. And then as he's gotten more confidence, he's, he's performed at a level that um, has been exciting. So we're looking forward to doing that consistently as well as taking care of his body. He got a little banged up last year, but this year he's been able to maintain all right, those are three pitchers, uh, established pitchers. It's what they do. You also have a young man down there 
who was a position player. Fans may remember the name Anthony Goes, who uh, spent some time as a leadoff hitter for the Tigers in the major leagues not that long ago. Now he's trying to, to come back as a pitcher. How does, uh, how does that work from your standpoint to try and get a, someone like that up to speed with, with that part of the game, knowing that he has a, a pretty good base on the position player side? Yeah, I mean, the first thing he has to have is a growth mindset. So he has to come in and believe that as he switches over to to being a pitcher, that he has a lot to learn, and by putting in the work and learning, that he'll be able to have success on the field. He's 28 years old, so it's it's a little bit late in his career to be making this switch, but it's an unbelievable story for a lefty who's throwing 96 to 98, um, and he's he's fun to watch and a, and a great guy. And it's someone who, who tried it last year, was with the Texas Rangers organization, uh, became a free agent again at the end of the season, decided to sign with the Indians. What do you think made the Indians an attractive spot for him to try and continue this pursuit of, of making it happen on the mound? Yeah, I think in, in, in his words, he liked how we treat our pitchers. Um, we treat them as individuals. We try to educate them and then build up their strengths and not try to I'm not build up their strength and try to keep keep them doing what they do well. So he's a lefty, he throws 98, he throws a changeup off of, off of that and a curveball. So we wanted to sharpen those things and make him more of who he, who he is and build his strengths. And we talked to a little bit about it off air, but uh, to go back at 28 after spending time in the major leagues, back to riding the buses in the Carolina League, uh, how has he handled that? And what are some of the benefits for the other kids on that team? Yeah, initially coming in, it, it was a concern. You're thinking like a 28-year-old with those guys on the bus, as you said, going through the grind of the Carolina League in the summer when it gets pretty hot and humid. And he's been nothing but a professional. And not only just a professional, he's just he's like another coach there. So as you said, he made it to the major leagues as a position player. So he's helping guys on the bases and helping helping guys on the field. They're picking his brain. But the awesome part is he's turning around and picking their brains on from a, in the bullpen. When do I get up? How many pitches do I throw? How do I get myself ready? Um, there's a lot of things that relief pitchers kind of go through and have to know, and he's he's learning there with an open notebook. Keep that name in mind, folks. Anthony Goes may or may not make it, but it's uh, certainly a neat story at Lynchburg. Let's switch over to the position player side. Nolan Jones is a name we, we've talked about a lot over the, the past couple of seasons. Now he's at that high A level, and uh, what's some of the growth that you've seen from him in the first month and a half? Well, Nolan continues to grow defensively. I mean, we've talked about it before. He Came out of high school as a shortstop, made the transition to third base, and it's just gotten better and better over there. Um, recently made an adjustment to how he's holding his glove, which is making his transfer occur a lot faster. He's looking really good over there. And then offensively, he's always hit the ball really hard. Um, power numbers are not what they have been in the past, but it's early in the season. It's what we forget. We've only been here a month, but he's hitting the ball hard and getting on base, and um, we're excited about him. And I know numbers at the minor league level are not the end-all, be-all, but Oscar Gonzalez is putting up some numbers. And uh, what do you like from him so far? Oh, man, he puts the bat on the ball. And uh, that, that's that been amazing for us. And not only is he, he hitting in the, in the high 300s, and that's not the only thing we look at, um, but in, a, in addition to that, I mean, he's playing, he's playing great defense. And he's doing that, and he just got his first walk this week. So so much so that guys are just cheering and gave, gave him the ball from the first walk. It's, it's because he, he hits everything. So... Um, we've been really excited about him. He's having a great year. And, and those numbers are, just in case you're wondering, uh, through 35 games was hitting 366 with 29 runs driven in. Uh, one last player, Stephen Kwan. Uh, I know someone else you're really high on. What are you seeing there? 
Stephen Kwan, believe it or not, this is his first full season. Um, he came out of Oregon State, uh, was was part of that World Series team, um, and came in with an, a hamstring injury, so he didn't play play much last year. But we felt enough about his maturity and felt enough about what he did in college to put him in the Carolina League, and he's living up to the bill both offensively and defensively. You mentioned he played for Oregon State, a college World Series team. Um, minor leagues is so much about development, but winning players, how important is that when, when you look at filling out a team? Well, I mean, if, all you have to do is listen to what Tito says. And then as he says a winning player is more than he probably says anything else. And so we value winning. That's part of the development process. So we're trying to develop them from a fundamental standpoint, develop them as men, but we're also trying to teach them how to win at the minor league level, which we think will translate to winning players at the major league level. All right, James, always great to have you on. Thanks for coming by. Thanks for having me. That's James Harris, Indians Director of Player Development, our weekly farm report here on Tribe Talk. And that's going to do it for this week's edition of Tribe Talk. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll catch you next week when the Indians are on the road in Chicago taking on the White Sox. Until then, thanks to Brian Motze, as always, for putting together our show each week. This is Jim Rosenhouse reminding you that you've been listening to Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Time to hop back on the bandwagon, folks. Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network has been brought to you by Progressive, helping Indians fans save hundreds on car insurance. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team.